Alright, dark, dank basement, kinda creepy. Okay, I'm stumped. When are we? We're in 1996. This mystery always makes me sad whenever I revisit it. We're standing right where JonBenet Ramsey took her final breaths. Great, as if I didn't already love the place. What's next? You're gonna tell me the killer's still here? Well, um, if you would turn 90 degrees, uh, you would meet our new friend that we have here in this dark, dank basement. Oh. Well, hello there, creepy masked man in the basement. So I don't like getting my hands dirty, but if you would like to go get your hands dirty and, you know, get him so that we can probably see who it is, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> okay. But you'll own me for this. Hey, who said you could leave? Hello everyone, my name is Matt, and this is Cold Case Chase, a show where I recount unsolved and cold cases. On today's show, I will try to not get upset as I tell the tale of John Bonet Ramsey. Who took the life of this little girl? Who could have been so much in her life? Let's find out and jump right into this unfortunate and depressing tale. December 26, 1996, at 5.52 a.m. in the town of Boulder, Colorado, tragedy struck the Ramsey family. JonBenet Ramsey, a six-year-old beauty pageant queen, was declared missing after her mother found a ransom note on her back staircase. The note claimed that JonBenet was in the captivity of the writer, as well as some of the following statements. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want to see her, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attaché to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on your delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money 
and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will be denied her remains for a proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you do not provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as the police or the FBI, will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Victory. SBTC. After reading this note, Patsy Ramsey would call the police to inform them of her missing daughter. At that point, it is believed that only John Benet's father, mother, and brother Burke were in the house. However, after only a short eight hours, her body would be found dead in the basement. John Ramsey, John Benet's father, was the one to discover the body. She had duct tape on her face, a cord wrapped around her neck, and was very clearly beaten. As people arrived on the scene, it became a big commotion and there was a possibility of people compromising the crime scene. Along with this, police stated that they did not look in the house because they suspected that there was no reason for John Bonet to still be there. Reasons for death varied between strangulation and being beaten to death with a blunt object between the coroner's office and the autopsy report. John Bonet had a big life ahead of her. A loving family and a beauty pageant winner. Those were only just the start of her life. Who knows where she would be if she was still alive today. I'm gonna be a star! Now before we hop into suspects, let's talk about the ransom note one last time. The note fell under a lot of scrutiny for many reasons. The biggest reason being that it was found out that it was written from inside the house. 
there was also a practice note found in the house as well. Lastly, the ransom of $118,000 was a strange amount because it was almost exactly what John Ramsey got as a bonus that year. With all of that rummaging around in your mind, let's hop into some suspects. Our first suspect today is John Mark Carr, a former elementary school teacher who confessed to his crime over an email to Michael Tracy in 2006. Tracy and Carr emailed back and forth for roughly four years before Carr confessed to the crime. Here's a quote from Tracy saying how the experience was on his end of things. You're reading and hearing a truly dark side of the human psyche and having to pretend it's okay that I wasn't going to sit in judgment because otherwise the communication would have stopped. This is the worst experience of my life by far. It was horrible. And although it is a bit creepy, here are some of the excerpts from John Mark Carr's side of the conversations between these two. John Bonet, my love, my life, I love you and shall forever love you. I pray that you can hear my voice calling out to you from my darkness, this darkness that now separates us. I can relate very well to children and the way that they think and feel. I think you were asking if I'm much a Peter Pan. In many ways, uh, the answer is yes. In other ways, I suppose it is no, because I am trapped in a world that does not understand. She, of course, was asleep from the time that she was, that I took her from her bed and took her into the basement. Her first reaction was, And I said, you're in your basement. She wasn't in that room to be disgraced. And I would never disgrace her, dishonor her. She was there temporarily. And what really hurts me is that she stayed there. And that's where her father found her. And, and it's just, just a horrible thing. Most of the emails sent back and forth between the two had very similar wording to the letter that was found at the scene. And Carr even knew Patsy's mother's nickname which he stated in one letter. Carr was tracked down in 2008 in Bangkok, Thailand. Carr had fled to escape other semi-related charges of child pornography. However, because Carr's DNA did not match the DNA at the crime scene, he was not charged with the crime of killing John Bonet. Carr did tell authorities that he did not act alone in the crime, so it is possible that it could be that accomplices DNA. As for evidence that Carr did not do the crime, there is the interview right after he was caught where one police chief said the following. We knew in about 18 hours that he was not the guy. We were even able to confirm he was not in Colorado at the time by just doing some routine check-in and then obtaining some photos of him in Georgia. Our second suspect today is the Ramsey family. Whether it was Patsy, John, or Burke Ramsey, most of the suspicion on the family came after the note became public, and the practice note was seen. It was also noted that the murder did happen inside the house, and if it is to be assumed that it was someone else besides the family, that person would have to do the following. Break into the house, sneak upstairs and grab John Bonet, bring John Bonet to the basement, go back upstairs, write part of a practice note, then write a full ransom note, 
leave said ransom note on the back staircase, go back down into the basement, kill John Bonet, and then flee the scene without being seen. That is a lot for one person or even two people to do without being seen or detected. So it is believable that the family could have done it. It is also to be noted that the item used to tighten the rope around John Bonet was a paintbrush from Patsy's hobby kit. However, it is possible that it could have been grabbed by an intruder. Now, the two main suspects in the family are Patsy and Burke. It is theorized that they may have accidentally killed John Bonet and then staged the note and the strangulation. But that doesn't make much sense when you remember that John Bonet was still alive when she was being strangled. In 1999, a grand jury did vote and charge Patsy and John with child abuse resulting in death. However, the DA of Boulder did not sign off on the paper because there was not enough evidence. Lastly, DNA evidence also shows that it did not match anybody in the Ramses. Our last suspect today is Bill McReynolds, a local Boulder man who dressed up as Santa. Bill's own daughter was kidnapped roughly 20 years before the Jean Bonnet case. His wife had written a play about a little girl getting killed in a basement, and not to mention that he had visited the Ramsey house only two days before Jean Bonnet was killed. The Denver Post interviewed McReynolds, who stated the following. Her murder was harder on me than my operation. She made a profound change in me. McReynolds also stated that he felt close to John Bonet, close enough to bring a vial of glitter that was gifted to him by John Bonet into heart surgery. He also told his wife that if he was to die, he would like to be cremated, and his ashes were to be mixed with the glitter. Okay, um, can we get as far away from this guy as possible? He is ridiculously creepy. Fine, fine, fine. Let's just unmask this dirt bag, and then we can get out of here. Oh, who do you think it is? Oh, I think it's John Mark Carr. Ooh, I can't wait! Well, 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 look at what we have here. Ah, uh, I was wondering when you'd show up. Human, we need to leave immediately. Oh, leaving so soon? I'm afraid I can't allow that. I have so many questions right now. Um, why is your voice back to being so weird? Um, why are you telling me to leave? And who is this guy? Bad news. You better get back into that time vortex me and Alpha sent you in all those years ago. Or else I'm gonna have to use force, and I prefer not to have to do that in front of the kid. Well, if you're not going to use force, I guess I'll have to. Don't! Human, through the portal. Now! <sighs> Great! Now I gotta chase him. What is this? Some sort of cold case chase? Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of Cold Case Chase. Thank you to all the lovely, lovely voice actors who helped 
voice parts in this episode. And also thank you to all you guys for continued listening into season two. We're about to get back into the swing of things with cross-examination coming up pretty soon, as well as Case Closed is going to be returning sometime in the near future, as well as you have Case of the Chills. Go listen to that. Don't forget to listen to Sci-Fi Malady as well. And don't forget to check out every once in a while Zodiac Task Force, which comes out once a month. New episode coming out beginning of next month. But without all said, thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time on Cold Case Chase.